Welcome to the Expanded By Podcast. I'm your host, Chelsea. I'm a business mentor, brain rewiring certified coach, and soon to be 7D, a high energy healer. On this podcast, we're going to be talking about all things business growth, spirituality, brain rewiring, mindset, energetics, and so much more. You can connect further with me on Instagram at Expand with Chelsea and on YouTube at Expand with Chelsea. I am so excited that you're here. I hope you leave today feeling expanded by what we talk about. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited that you're here. Today I have a very special guest on. This is actually somebody that I have both worked with and she has also been my client And we were able to meet up this summer in Lander, Wyoming and climb for a period of time. So it's really amazing to also have this in-person connection with the guest today. So today on the podcast, I have Alana Newman. She is a copywriter, photographer, creative. She pretty much does everything, which is one of the absolute best parts about her. You really can't define her or put her in a box. She truly brings so much creativity, nuance, and thoughtfulness to the projects that she works on, and I have been so delighted to have worked with her in the past, and I'm really excited to bring her on today to talk all things like what the fuck even is copywriting, how to get better at copywriting, some of the big things that business owners either miss or get wrong when it comes to copywriting, and inside here we had a very candid conversation about all things not provoking pain points anymore with marketing and copywriting, which is something that I definitely learned when I first started my business. So what that's been like to navigate and shift away from that style of writing and communicating and where to go next after that, how to actually communicate and connect with your audience, not purposefully re-exposing them to their trauma while also understanding that in order for people to step into containers or purchase offers or products, that they need to fully understand the benefit that it's going to bring into their lives. I think you're really going to love this conversation. I also have included in the show notes if you want to connect further with Alana, if you are thinking about hiring somebody for your copywriting, I absolutely could not recommend her more. I'll include all of that in the links in the show notes. Some updates from me before we dive in. So just wrapped up the launch for the Next Level Mastermind. Enrollment is now closed. Holy shit, that was a launch and a half. I realized that for me, having so much time to do things and travel and like really live in my best life over here, I also need to balance that out with pre-planning a few more things. There was last week's episode in Hawaii. I like totally went in to find the guest episode that I had recorded with my amazing friend Carrie and it just like straight up wasn't there. Running around going to Best Buy, like buying a podcast mic, recording in the car with Lisa, like so, so thankful for her for offering to even be on the podcast and help me out in that way in the first place and also realizing like, okay, like I do need to plan a little bit better. So that for me is just, it's, you know, every single time that I go through a launch, I do an evaluation at the end. Here's what went well. Here's what didn't maybe go so well. Here's what I want to do better in the future. Here's what I want to take forward with me. And here's what I would like to release for next time. 
So really eye-opening. I'm so excited to have the Next Level Mastermind for the next five months, and I'm so, so excited to see what these women will do in this period of time. It already feels so fucking expansive. We have our first official call the day that I'm recording this episode. We're going to be talking all things leadership, stepping into CEO energy, starting to release any negative connotations around the word or the concept of leadership, and really starting to define it for the individual so that we can start to embody what being a leader in our space looks like, because that is what really is going to make you magnetic. Other updates, I have a healing circle on the 2nd of February. This is a 2-2 portal. So if you are really digging all things spirituality, all things connection to the universe, learning more about yourself, self-development, I would really suggest joining an energy healing circle. You're absolutely going to love it. Inside the healing circles, what we do is we lay down. I give a guided meditation for about the first 15 to 20 minutes. Then you receive the energy. And at the end, I share what came up for everyone as a collective. It is powerful. This is super expansive. If you are looking to release any negative relationships, maybe you are feeling some lower vibration emotions, maybe you know you need to do some cord cutting, it's typically not just what we need to add in. It really is all about releasing, clearing your aura field, clearing your energy field, calling all of your pieces back from everybody that you've been in contact with, and really starting to connect with yourself, connecting with your spirit guides, your spirit team, your higher self. This is what energy healing is all about. So I've got six spots available for that. If you have been interested, now is the perfect time to go try. And I will be hosting an energy healing circle on each portal day for the rest of the year. So February 2nd, March 3rd, April 4th, and so on and so forth. You can learn more and sign up using the link in the show notes. And next week, I will be opening up spots for the Quantum Leap. This is my six-week Foxer one-on-one container. This is for business owners looking to troubleshoot, looking for help planning launches, looking for that one one-on-one guidance without the one-on-one mentorship price point. So this is 24-7 access to me through voice and text support on Voxer. I've talked about Voxer quite a bit on the podcast before. This is my all-time favorite app. I am so obsessed with it. I'm so obsessed with it. Because what it does is it allows us to go back and forth real time with entrepreneurship. You never know what's going to pop up. There are things that happen at 11 p.m., 7 a.m., and having on-demand support is so freaking helpful. I really feel like Voxer is where I thrive. Like, this is this is my happy place. So I'm going to be opening a few spots for the Quantum Leap. So if you've been interested in working with me and are wanting to continue further growing your business, scaling your business, you need a lot or want a lot of mindset help and support, definitely stay tuned for that because this will be the last time that I offer this at this price point before the price point goes up when I offer it again in the future. All right. Those are my updates. I think I'm going to have some juicy updates on the podcast next week involving my personal life. So if you are interested in that, be sure to tune in. Let's go ahead and dive into this episode with Alana.
All right. I am so excited to have you here. We're going to talk all things copywriting. I'm super excited to hear your backstory on how you got into copywriting in the first place. And this is actually really cool because we've been each other's clients in the past. So I think that this is going to be a really fun conversation. So Alana, welcome to the show. Go ahead and give us a little bit of a background and just let us get to know you a little bit more before we dive in. Thanks, Chelsea. Yeah, it's really exciting to be here. Um, yeah, I've worked with you as a client, as a business coaching client. And then I've also written sales pages for you. So this is fun. Um, I think we'll get to dive a little bit into yeah, the backstory and um, all that. So I am a copywriter. I work with mostly clients in kind of the outdoor and wellness and creative spaces. So that's photographers um, and coaches and nutritionists and different... I've worked with a variety of different outdoor companies that make products, um, small businesses. I work with mostly women-owned businesses, but I also have worked with some some men, but I prefer working with women just and with people that I really connect with and have similar values to me. Um, I got into copywriting through journalism. So I started in this field, I guess, um, I guess in freelancing, I kind of started in journalism. I didn't even really have a degree in journalism. I kind of stumbled into that because I love taking photos. And then I started pitching my stories that I wanted to shoot photos for. And I kind of stumbled into writing. Um, and yeah, and then I kind of moved from journalism into content marketing and from that into copywriting, which I absolutely love because I get to work with business owners on my own terms. When I was freelancing more in kind of the journalism realm, you're really working with people on the editor's terms or the publication's terms. And it's this is a lot more on my terms. I get to do the projects that I want to do with the people that I really uh, connect with. And I really get to help people tell stories, which is always what I've loved doing and kind of what I've done throughout my life. I have been in theater as a kid. And that was really a lot about stepping into people's stories and literally acting as a person. And um, I feel like I do that still with copywriting because I have to step into someone's shoes and tell their story as if I was them. So yeah, that's a little bit about my backstory. (laughs) I love that. It really makes you think of like method acting like actors you know like you're like stepping into somebody's voice is that something that you have just like always been good at or did that take some practice I think it's come really naturally to me and I'm not totally sure if I've always been good at it um but it just felt like something that I needed to do I've never I guess I've never really questioned it because and I think part of it might come from being just so intrigued by how other people live their lives. Like I'm someone who always can see the other side of a story or always can kind of see all the different aspects. I love nuance. Um, I love depth. I love just kind of the spectrum of human emotion and reality and all of our feelings and thoughts and experiences. So being able to kind of capture that and, and step into that. So I think that that's kind of how, when I was younger, I, but really loved acting. And I also love fiction writing, which I still love. I just don't give myself the time to write fiction very often because I love just like stepping into someone's shoes and trying to like share a story from their perspective. And now 
I just do that in a different way. I'm doing that with kind of this marketing lens, which is also super interesting because I'm able to, you know, amplify people's voices. I'm able to promote them um, because marketing writing is not the same as creative writing, even though they both can feed off of each other. There's a lot of, a lot of differences in there. Okay. So let's, we'll, we'll take it back a step here. And I remember (laughs) telling one of my exes that I was going to hire a copywriter in the beginning of my business. And they're like, wait, isn't that like legal, like lawyer stuff? Mm. And I was like, no, no, no. It's somebody that writes in your voice. So can you tell me a little bit more about what copywriting is and kind of the purpose or the function that it serves inside somebody's business? Yeah, definitely. I get that all the time. I've definitely had <laughs> just, especially friends, um, but even business owners be like, wait, what is, what is cop- like copyrights? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, no, it's not that. Um, basically, copywriting is any sort of writing for sales. So copywriting began, um, you know, back in the day when it was a bunch of old men in the room, or maybe not old, but now they're old. They seem <laughs> I'm just thinking bad men. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. Exactly. Uh, and and it was, you know, you were literally writing sales letters that would be sent out to people, you know, uh, copy for ads that would be in magazines. Like that's how copywriting started. And um, now it's not as much for print, although of course there is print copywriting, like product labels, that's copywriting, anything on a product label. Um yeah, literally anything that is in your business that is written for the point of sale. So that is emails, that's your website writing, um, that is social media, that's all copywriting. So you're probably, if you're a business owner, you're probably doing a lot of copywriting already, even if you didn't know what it was called. <laughs> yeah. For those business owners that maybe they already enjoy writing, what is kind of the some of the biggest blocks that you see for somebody stepping into and writing really good copy for their own business? I I think that there's a block between writing what you think you should be writing and writing what your ideal client wants to hear, mm-hmm. which is that block that it's kind of the block between writing whatever and writing something that actually converts into sales. So, I mean, one of the big ways you can identify what that is, is by first knowing who your ideal client is. So I have like a couple of exercises that I like to do if, if you don't know who your ideal client is. And also just doing a lot of market research, which I do a ton of if I'm before I start writing for a client, I'm doing tons of market research, whether that's surveys that the business owner can put out to their clients. But even if, you know, you could do market research on Instagram, you can literally just create polls on Instagram and that's market research. You're, you're uh, capturing how your market, your ideal clients, the people in your realm um, talk and what they want to hear about. Because you don't want to be saying things that they don't want to hear and you want to be able to say anything in their voices. So I'll literally take that data all everything that they wrote exactly and put that into my sales copy that I'm writing. But then you're also, you can take, you can get tons of market research by looking at Facebook groups. Like I do a lot of research in Facebook groups for kind of my clients, target market, ideal clients and reviews on competitors' websites or on their own website. Like those are all ways to find 
the way that your ideal client speaks and what they want to hear about, what they care about. Um, because then you can take that and then you can add kind of your own spin on it. But you're literally just sometimes pulling straight from those sources. Totally. And and that's kind of, I think, the difference between what you might just like think people want to hear about versus what they actually need to need to hear mm-hmm. to make them want to buy. Yeah. And then have you struggled with this before where maybe you are really listening to what your target audience wants to hear, but you're you're kind of wanting to go like a different direction and then you're you're like putting their needs in front of your own and it's kind of like okay, then we're feeding into like the burnout cycle potentially and if you have dealt with that, how did you navigate that? Yeah, I think that you kind of just need to redefine who you're ideal client is because if they're wanting too much from you, then they're probably not the right fit. Um, But that's also just being really aware of what you need personally as a business owner or just in your own personal life and setting those boundaries. Like I cannot give that much. I need to do this other thing. Like this other thing is calling me. Yeah. I think it is just getting good at saying no. Um, But if that's happening all the time, you probably just need to redefine who you're attracting because you might not be attracting the right type of person. And then that really comes down to what your messaging is because you might be writing something that you think might be attracting who you want. And it might be attracting this totally other group of people who want way more than you are able to give. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm really glad that we (laughs) talked about that a bit because I think, especially in the, the like younger years of business, you get really wrapped up into like, okay, but what other people want from me? And then you kind of like forget about what you actually want to do and the business that's trying to come through you and be expressed out into the universe. And it's a lot of this like learning how to set boundaries and learning how to protect your own energy as well, which I think is really important. So I'd love to hear from you then when you're reading other people's copy, other business owners copy, or maybe it's it's even just like really large businesses as well. What are some of the things that make you say like, wow, that is like really good copy? Like what are some of those things that stand out to you? Mm, I think personality really stands out because you could, there's some things that you can read and you're just like, that could be on any you know, so-and-so blank coach, photographer, whatever website. And it's really when it kind of shows me who the person is without telling, Um, you know, like you probably heard this in high school writing classes or whatever, like show, don't tell. Um, But it's still super important in, in your copywriting. Like you you don't want to just be like, hey, this is who I am. I mean, yes, you need to say that also. And it's important to give kind of your context, but also just showing that through the wording that you use and the wording that you don't use, that tells your whoever's reading your copy a ton about who you are, what you stand for, and um, how you will conduct business. I also think that it's super important not to represent yourself differently than who you are. Uh, again, that's going to just attract the wrong type of people than what you actually want. Yeah, and really not sustainable either. Long term, mm-hmm. I mean, eventually you're gonna you're gonna be like, okay, I can't I can't do this anymore. Like this whatever projected version of myself. I mean, I think that for me, that's why I started out like swearing in a lot of my copy because yeah. I was like, yeah. well, if you work with me, you're gonna get an f bomb. Like it's gonna happen. 
Yeah. And you need to, you need, yeah, people need to know what they're going to get when they work with you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. It's like, and like them in. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They need, yeah. And that's, and that's why really one of the reasons why copy is so important because it's, you know, everything that you put out, like Chelsea, I know that you, everything that you write on Instagram and your emails and um, it really sets the stage for what it is like to work with you. It's not really that different. <laughs> Right. It's like all of those words are actually coming out of my mouth. And, you yeah, know, yeah, I think, too, that that just goes to speak to what we were just talking about, though, is like that kind of disconnect between what people want to say and then what they're actually saying sometimes. Like, I think that a lot of the times with copy, we're more focused on like the the analytical side of things. Like, here are the details. This is the thing. Here's what it could do for you. And it's like, mm-hmm. OK, but we don't buy based off of that we buy based off of how we want to feel after the thing yeah yeah and and there's actually you know there's there's uh different frameworks but there's many different types of people who buy things there's like different frameworks that you know some people make decisions really quickly some people make decisions really slowly um some people are really analytical and like need to see the actual data and and maybe you know if you are not the type of person who can give someone that they need to know that like you're not the right fit for them like someone else is going to be a better fit if that the person who uses all the numbers and all the data is going to be a better fit for that person um but if you want to be attracting all these different types of people it's important especially on a sales page to kind of have all of that but in different places like this is for this type of person. Here's all the data. This is for this type of person. Here's all the emotions. Like this is how you're going to feel after us working together. Um, so yeah, it's really interesting to kind of dive into like the psychology of why people do things because yeah, it's definitely not just the, the analytics (laughs) behind Mm -hmm. it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's it's part of it but yeah I love what you said too about I mean letting people essentially like self-select in or out by the types of copy that you're providing and we really do need all of it like if we just sit in the feels all the time it's like okay but what what's the actual offer like what what are you actually what are we doing inside this thing like do we have calls are they at a specific time like people do need those details and I think this this also leads us into the conversation then of ethical copywriting so this is something that I had no fucking clue existed until about a year ago. And when I first started my business, my first mentor, I absolutely love her. And I think we've, we've learned a lot since then, but it was all about like market to the pain points. And that was like, Mm -hmm. okay, we're going in. And I didn't know any better. You know, this is definitely something that I've learned a lot about in the last year and have really changed the way that I write my copy and the way that I'm marketing. I'm still learning a ton about it. But when did this kind of like first come into your field? And then how do you navigate or see this then writing copy for people? Is it just something that you can see when people are marketing to pain points now and you're just like, oh my God, cringe. Like it, it like hurts you. Yeah, I think it's it's probably that. Um, and and it's important that to know that the pain points and emotion are are not the same thing. Like you definitely still need emotion. Um, and you don't need to just like cut out all of that to write ethical copy, of course. Um, and, and I guess just for people who don't know, uh, yeah. So copywriting used to just kind of 
really try to manipulate the buyer into buying something by using pain points and pain points would be like, um, yeah, like for like in a, let's say a fitness program, you're using kind of body language, you know, taking advantage of someone's body image, um, to get someone to purchase a workout program. Um, that's really non, not ethical. (laughs) And, um, and there's a lot of other nuance and, and, I know that I haven't always been perfect about that. Like that's something I'm still learning about always. And I think it's been around for longer than I've been in copywriting, but it's definitely started to take, um, get gain momentum in the past year, couple of years that I've seen. Um, which I think is really great because it's a lot more common now to see people, to see copywriters talking about that than it was a couple of years ago. And, um, and I see less of kind of the cringy copywriting to pain points on people's websites, but that's not to say I don't still see that. And a lot of the education that, um, a lot of the really big copywriting education, which I'd say is probably more geared towards copywriters than it is towards business owners. Not that you could get out a lot of it, get out a lot from it if you are a business owner, um, but it still uses that terminology. It still uses pain points. Um, and it still kind of uses terminology like twisting the knife into those pain points with your words, um, which does work. It does make sales, but it also leaves people feeling really taken advantage of and manipulated and feeling worse about themselves. And then you kind of get into this like power position with the person, you know, who is, advertising themselves like this is kind of like putting themselves into this like savior role. Um, and the client's kind of in this like helpless position, which is, which is in my opinion, not how I want to communicate with my clients and neither do I want to have clients who want to communicate with their clients that way. (laughs) Right. Right. And I think it's, you know, the, the person doing the pain point marketing doesn't feel good and neither does the person being marketed to and the results that you get from the thing it's it creates this like codependency almost Mm -hmm. or it creates this like massive like larger relationship with failure for the person going through the course because it's like well I thought this was going to fix this thing and it didn't fix that thing so then now I need to go like find another fix for it yeah yeah and like yeah, exactly. That that this is the only person who can fix me, so I mm-hmm. must stick with them. Or or oh, they you know didn't live up to their expectations. And and I think one of the big ways to change that is just by not being so dramatic about it. Instead of saying like this will fix you, you can kind of say things like, you know, this is what you might get out of this. This is like, do like, are these things, do these things sound like something that you feel this is this program might help you feel this way, but it's more about using that slightly more vague terminology. Um, so that the person gets to make that choice for themselves, because I mean, I think we both know that when it comes to coaching and programs and, you know, all these types of things is really a lot of personal work like if the person isn't going to put effort into it it doesn't matter what the teacher is doing right they're right. not gonna it's just going in to going the, in and getting yeah. out yep <laughs> yeah it's not you're not going to get to that that advertised result unless you do the work um and you definitely yeah it's it's just kind of false advertising otherwise <laughs> mm-hmm. so, so so using kind of more vague or just um qualifying our language a little bit more 
I like help that. counteract that. I like that. Yeah. So instead of like, oh, I'm going to get you to from A to Z, it's like, I'm just trying to get you from A to B. Like, we're just like, we're just yeah. going like little baby steps. Like we're not, we're, we're doing like the 10% thing. We're not trying to take you all the way and fix every single thing that's ever been wrong because that is, that's like years, right? Like that's years of work that you're going to be doing. And also there's going to be things that come up along the way. And that's just, that's just impossible. Totally. Like this is just one part piece of the puzzle. There's other pieces of the puzzle. You have to bring the other piece. You have to bring some pieces of the puzzle. I can't do everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and so another thing I liked that I have, I saw recently was, you know how we use testimonials and I'm sure we all use testimonials and we all just use kind of the best testimonials. Um, and there's just kind of this wide range of, you know, results in whatever the thing is like this person gets this, but this person, you know, this person might make a hundred thousand dollars, but like, where's the actual average? If you're just advertising, Oh, like I had this client who made a hundred thousand dollars based on my coaching or my copy or whatever. Um, but like the average is maybe around $50,000, whatever, whatever that is. Um, I kind of like, you know, you're sharing more, of the big of the whole picture instead of just like this very microscopic view on the whole on your whole picture um it just kind of like represents yeah represents you as a as a business owner better than um or more fully like maybe it's not the like better picture that you want to present um but it's more honest, I guess. Too. Exactly. Exactly. So for all those business owners that are now like, oh my God, am I using pain point marketing? <laughs> it's me. I'm using it. What would be your kind of like either checklist or suggestion to start, you know, and this is something too, where it's like, okay, at a certain point, like just hiring a copywriter is amazing, but what would mm-hmm. be kind of like your, here's how to start maybe moving away from that. Yeah. Yeah. And first I want to say that it, it is okay. And you should not feel guilty about using this because this is what has been taught in marketing. marketing. For, for That's decades. what we all learned. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So if you're using this, do not feel bad about yourself. I, I know that I have personally written copy like this too. Um, like probably everyone has, it's kind of where everyone starts. First, are you just using any language that could make someone feel bad about themselves, whether that's specific words or like terminology or phrases and are you being dramatic about something like are you are you saying it kind of as like the end all be all or is is there kind of a a modifier just like something to soften what you're saying and let the person who's reading it decide whether that's them or not instead of you telling them this is who you are if you're reading this this is who you are um because you one you truly have no idea that's not your decision to make and if someone re- reads something that doesn't really represent them, but they might take that and be like, oh, actually, what if I am that? And like, I guess am I, I am lazy. Am yeah. I wrong? Yeah. Like yeah. you're telling me, you're telling me that I'm bad at that. So obviously uh-huh. I am. So yeah, just anything that's assuming something about the person reading it that you can really just take something similar and just shift it slightly to ask them a question. So instead of assuming, yes, uh, you know, you're so lazy that you can't ever finish a course. Um, change that to, have you ever had trouble finishing a course that you started? 
mm-hmm. you know, you can kind of just shift that slightly to make it a little bit more ethical while still like keeping emotion in the, in the picture. You don't have, you still want to make the person feel something. Um, but you just kind of question whether you're making them feel something negative or something positive, hopeful, you know, mm-hmm. not guilty. <laughs> So I got two things for you. One, it's winter. And if you're like me and live in a very cold, (laughs) dry environment, you might be struggling a little bit with your skin. And two, I've been traveling a ton. I think I traveled more in 2022 and 2023, the beginning of this year, more than I have probably ever in my lifetime combined. I've just been re-psyched on travel and visiting places and experiencing things, but because of that, my skin is struggling. All of the air on the airplane, eating things that I maybe wouldn't normally eat, going and probably like not showering as often as I should be. Clear Stem has been such a lifesaver, specifically their Bounce Back Serum. This is their collagen serum that what they call it is actually the no Botox Botox because it provides so much skin tightening benefit and wrinkle support. It helps to hydrate and restore. It is definitely thicker than their Cell Renew Serum, which I also really love. So I use the Bounce Back at night in addition to their exfoliating vitamin scrub. And honestly, like it makes me feel so bougie. I freaking love it. Skincare is something that I've really been focusing on a lot more lately because with my business, I am on camera and I'm on video a lot. And I just feel a lot more confident confident personally when I know that my skin is looking great and Clear Stem has been such a big part of that lately. Their bounce back serum is renewing to the skin and doesn't contain any pore clogging ingredients. That's one of my favorite parts about Clear Stem is that they have this massive commitment to not using pore clogging ingredients. I mean, do you remember when coconut oil was all the rage and we all thought that that was a good idea to like use on our face and shave with and put it in our hair and it turns out that coconut oil is extremely pore clogging and for me, I have very sensitive skin. So if anything is on there, like even putting sunscreen on, I'm like, oh, yep, definitely gonna break out from that. So ClearStem actually has on their website an entire list of pore clogging ingredients that you can go find. You can go to clearstemskincare.com and read all about those. I was definitely using ingredients that I had no idea were clogging my pores. Once I learned about that, then now I'm a lot more selective about the things that I put on my skin. I actually ran out of the Bounce Back Serum a couple of weeks ago and it was a noticeable difference in my skin. So I made sure to reorder double so that I won't be running out again. And I'm so happy to have it back. If you are curious and want to try out the Bounce Back Serum, you can head on over to clearstemskincare.com and use the code CHELSEA, C-H-E-L-S-E-A, for 15% off the serum or any other one of ClearStem's incredible products. Like, a hundred percent would recommend each and every single one of them. I have tried every single one of their products and have all of them. Use them personally every single day. Again, that code is Chelsea for 15% off any Clear Stem products. Tag me on Instagram at expand with Chelsea when you get your order so I can see what you got. Yeah, I look back on some of the things I wrote in the beginning of my business and I'm like, oh my God, like who let this girl 
type on a computer. Like it's, it's really, it's really quite cringeful. And I mean, that's how we learned, right? But you have to yes, go exactly. through that yeah. in order to you know, have to go oh, that. I did it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think that there's another side to it where you can get so caught up in doing it perfectly. And, you know, you don't mm, want to put out right. anything that is, you know, at, at all unethical or whatever, you know, yep. there's so many reasons why we wouldn't put things out into the world. And I've definitely struggled with this myself. Um, and so there's a point in time where you just have to be like, it's okay. I, it, I'm gonna fuck up. Sorry. Yep. I, I, no, okay, I please do. Please do. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, like you're, I'm gonna fuck up. And I'm gonna learn from that instead of I can never fuck up at all. And I like can't make a mistake ever. Um, and yeah, at some point you just have to start and do it wrong and make mistakes and then you'll fix it. And probably at the beginning, like not that many people are paying that close attention to yeah. whether you're doing it perfectly or not. I love um, that. So I think, I mean, my, my uh, perspective on writing for yourself and writing for your business is a hundred percent, just do it and, and, see how it goes and keep doing it because that is how you're going to get better. Just like you were saying, you have to go through that process of learning. And if you just expect everything to be perfect all the time, it, well, one, it's never, it's never going to be that way. You're maybe mm -hmm. 1% of what you're going to write ever is going to be exactly what you want it to be. But it's more about that. The, um, the consistency and the amount mm -hmm. then the quality of each and every thing that you write for your business. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'd love I need for to you... take that yeah. to myself too. Oh my God. Yeah. Same. <laughs> I'd love for you to speak a little bit about then that intersection between, well, I don't want to like cause further harm to people, but also I've got a lot of fiery things that I want to say, you know, like for those of us that are pretty outspoken, like we just, yeah, we don't want to like follow the rules. We've got a lot of things. We've got a lot of emotions that we want to talk about. So like, how do you then go about sharing some of this while not mm -hmm. creating further harm to people? Like instead of then being like, oh shit, I don't want to like hurt anybody's feelings. So I'm just like not going to say anything like that clearly doesn't help anybody either. Yeah, I think my best way to handle that is to share all of that. Like saying I'm, you know, maybe nervous about sharing this or this might be challenging but here's what I have to share and then and then still trying your best to say what you have to say but also you know reading it through and being like how would this feel like reading it from someone else's perspective how would this feel if I was this or you know someone else reading this um but at the bottom line and and I wouldn't say that this is like the perfect way to do it but when it comes down to it, it's really about being able to apologize and, you know, shift your perspectives if someone was hurt by something. I think that's that's more important than saying things perfectly all the time and saying things without any hurt. Obviously, you're not intending to hurt someone. And I think if you're so nervous about hurting someone that you wouldn't say anything at all it's better to just say it and apologize afterwards shift shift what you're saying and thinking afterwards um whereas i think if you're constantly saying things that hurt people then it's probably time to re 
examine how you're saying it. Um, but I don't think that that is as common. I, well, there's definitely people who say things all the time to hurt people and they're probably not in this audience. <laughs> no, probably not. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> but I think more common is just feeling so afraid that you're going to say something wrong or hurt someone that it just holds you back from doing it at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's it's hard for people to buy things from somebody where they don't know they exist. Like it's it's very difficult. Yes. If, yeah, if if, yes. if you never talk Generally. about any of this, yeah, exactly. Like it's that really is part of starting to find your voice as a business owner. And I was voxering a client earlier today and just telling her, like, you know what, we don't ever want people to the people that are you know wanting to work with us or in our audience to guess where we stand on certain issues. And I just feel like it's so important to speak up about things that are, you know, things that you care about, like things that mean a lot to you so that people aren't like, okay, well, if this happened, then how would this this person react? Like, we just never want to leave people guessing. We want to just spell it out really clearly for them. Like part of finding your voice, I think, is a lot of transparency. And just like you said in the beginning is like, okay, well, if you're nervous about it, just say that you're nervous about it. Like, yes, it's a big topic. Mm -hmm. And the only way to move through it is to just kind of stumble sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it is a lot about being vulnerable. Like it is going to feel really vulnerable to say those things that are scary and, um, you know, could turn people off of you, but you don't really want those people who are turned off by the things you have to say in your circle anyways, probably. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think there's a fine line between that you're kind of uh, weeding out the people who don't belong in your circle, um, and also learning from things that hurt people. There's a difference between just like being affected by something and actually hurting someone. Um, mm -hmm. and that's just a line to continue to learn how to navigate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, it's, it's ongoing. To, yeah. Yeah. But it's, but it is important and it is impossible for people to know about you and your business and to trust you really without any vulnerability at all like mm -hmm. you kind of have to have to share things that uh people feel connected with or they won't feel connected with you or in your business yeah exactly um, so what have you shared lately that has made you feel vulnerable um i guess right now i am in the in a mini launch, um, for kind of the new way of working for me. And that feels kind of vulnerable because I've never really done a launch for myself mm -hmm. <laughs> fully. So it's, it's not as much of sharing something super personal about myself, which also feels vulnerable. And I, I, I feel like I've done a little bit of that recently, but I kind of have to get back to that. Um, but sharing a ton of stuff about my business and the way I do business on social media feels vulnerable for me, especially consistently, like sharing it, you know, every day or every other day. Um, I'm like, people are, are tired of me. People don't want to hear about this anymore. Um, even though I know that that's not true. I tell my clients all the time, it takes like seven times at least of seeing something before you someone even knows that it exists mm -hmm. so you have to say something a lot of times in a lot of different yes. ways <laughs> and that also comes back to like the different types of 
buyers. People read things in different ways. People connect with different types of things, um, different types of content. So I know that, but when it actually comes to implementing it, it still feels really vulnerable in my business. Yeah. You have to remind yourself that, you know what, not everybody's going to see this. Not everybody is reading it from the beginning to the end. And we really do like, I mean, this is why I think that running a business is one of the most creative things that you can do is because we always have to come up with new ways to pretty much say the same thing. Like it's the same info. We're just, you know, either putting a story behind it or we're focusing on a certain emotion or we are just providing Mm -hmm. more of the details. Like it really is this huge creative process. And I'd love to hear a little bit more about, because at the beginning of the year, you were really focusing a lot on like retainer clients and you had a lot of clients that you were like, yeah, they're like, okay, like (laughs) Mm -hmm. this is okay work. I don't love it. And I want to move more towards working with like dream clients and people that I really enjoy. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about that journey and kind of what that transition has been like for you. Yeah. So I have been kind of moving away from retainer clients. I still have a couple that I really love. Um, and I think I would always have, I, okay, I'm not going to say always, but I foresee having a couple kind of ongoing because there's something about working with someone for a long period of time that kind of brings you really deep into their business. Um, there's a lot more community in that. Um, but I also, yeah, really have moved towards working with these dream clients. Um, and working with people on kind of a project basis instead of a retainer basis. So right now, what I'm launching is actually a new way to work with me, which is in a VIP week style project basis, which means that I work with clients for one to two weeks. And that's it. Like you we start on Monday and you get your project, get all of your copy by that Friday or the next Friday, depending on the scope of the project. Um, And that's really fun for me because I'm focusing on that one client. That's it. I don't have other client work in there. I'm working a little bit on my retainer clients, but that's just kind of chunked into my schedule. It's not not spread out throughout that whole period of time. Um, So I can really give all of my focus to that one client. Um, which has been a really awesome shift because I'm able to prioritize one person, which means that my brain isn't like thinking about five other clients at the same time, um, which really lets me kind of dive into the creativity and mindset of that one client. Um, so that's kind of the transition I'm in right now or kind of launching that that uh I call them copy sprints, um, one or two week projects. And yeah, I also was kind of thinking back to what you were saying about how we just kind of think of all these different ways to say things because that's I mean that's literally what I'm doing um when I'm writing launch copy especially for people or for myself. Uh you know you're writing five emails or 10 emails about a launch. Um And they all need to be different and they all need to have like a different story or a different perspective. So it is, it is a lot of creativity, which means that I have to be really careful about refilling that ability to be creative and also finding other ways to be creative that don't have to do with work. 
um, because otherwise you just kind of have an empty cup to pull from. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Trying to be creative on demand. Hardest thing yeah. ever. <laughs> so what are those things for you then that allow you to come back to, I mean, we can call it work-life balance. Although I don't know if like, I'm, I don't think balance <laughs> is necessarily like 50-50. I think it's always like, okay, sometimes you work a little bit more and sometimes you do other things less. Like it's, it's in my opinion, constantly oh, yeah. turning the dials. So what does that look like for you then to kind of protect that creative energy? And then when it's depleted, fill that back up. Yeah, I completely agree that it feels like it's constantly turning a dial because it's never going to be like, you know, I'm fully filled on work and I'm fully filled on life at the same time because that's just impossible. Um, But spending time outside is like a really, really big way for me to fill that up. Um, Also, just having time for nothing you know, nothing in my schedule and nothing, um, not distracting myself with anything. So that's not watching Netflix or reading a book or having a conversation with my friends or partner. Um, it's literally just sitting alone, um, or doing something that leaves my mind kind of free to wander. Um, well, maybe doing something with my hands, like drawing or painting or, um, dancing, um, all these things that are kind of completely different forms of creativity that kind of gives me that opportunity to, to refill, uh, and feel refreshed. I also just love free writing, um, that has nothing to do with business. And sometimes I'll get some of my best business ideas or even bit client ideas, ideas for client projects while I'm just free writing, um, for myself because it just kind of comes out whatever I'm thinking through in my head. If I just start typing or, or handwriting um, for a long period of time, it will just like flow out whatever I'm trying to work through. I love that. And you probably get better at the writing just in general by doing that, right? It's like, anytime we do something a lot, we're going to get better at it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, I think it's different because that's it's literally stream of consciousness. I'm just dumping everything that's in my head onto a paper. Um, whereas if I'm writing for, uh, for my, for work, I am not doing that. Although that is a really great way to get your first draft out. If you're, if you're stuck and you just are staring at that blank screen with the little cursor and it's just, flashing at you um just dumping whatever is in your head even if it seems to have absolutely nothing to do with what you're trying to write about that can like kind of get it get it flowing and even just having you know even if you just got three lines out of that one page that you wrote and you delete everything else you still have not a blank screen anymore <laughs> mm-hmm. exactly it's like you got to get the the fluff out of the way first and then everything that's like underneath it can come out Yeah, exactly. Perfect. Okay, so we've talked about a lot of things at this point. And (laughs) I'd love to hear, so before we wrap up, what's something right now that you are particularly interested in learning about? Like something that has just like got your attention, you like reading about it, you like learning about it, just something that feels really exciting for you. Mm, Ooh, I am super interested in... um, nutrition and herbalism right now. I have been reading a lot about kind of making my own 
herbal teas and and tinctures and I'm kind of excited about about that especially um foraging kind of in my local southwest Colorado area and like learning about how to kind of supplement my own health with the stuff that I find around me I love I'm super interested in just growing things um and and also native plants so this like and baking and cooking so it feels like this kind of intersection of all of that in herbal nutrition um feels really interesting and exciting for me right now that's awesome it's i mean it's all like feminine energy activities right it's like okay totally. we're being creative and we're also like in receiving mode and yeah. it's not just like about the doing it's like the process yeah 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 and it is such a process um but yeah i've been reading a ton about that and um starting starting to make some things super new i don't know a ton um but i love learning about things like this and i totally i think that's one of the reasons why i love copywriting or just writing and journalism and what drew me to that in the first place was because i never wanted to be an expert at one thing i don't think i would be good at that i love being able to bounce from topic to topic and now i I get to do that with my clients i i have you know a client that i write about overlanding for and i'm like diving into this huge world of overlanding and i have clients that i'm learning about yeah like different nutrition things and um yeah i have clients that i'm learning about totally things totally outside of my realm whereas other ones i know a lot about the topic already but i it's really fun. I love all the research that comes into it. Yeah. It's good being a beginner again. Like that is, that is, it's, it's underrated. I think like we get too in our groove and too comfortable and it's like, Oh wait, shit. I actually don't know anything. Like I gotta, I gotta like start doing some, some work in this area. So you talked about the copy sprints. What are the ways that people can work with you going forward? If they're like, okay, maybe I just want you to look over some of the stuff that I've already written, make sure that we are using more of the ethical practice inside copywriting or if they're like okay actually I just want to be in my CEO energy and hand this off completely Mm -hmm. yeah so I I'm doing these copy sprints so you can kind of book me for a project um, in one or two week increments depending on the scope of the project so the things that I can help you with are your launch copy. So that could be a sales page. It could be everything having to do with your launch. It could be, which includes sales page and emails and a launch plan. Um, and I can also write your sale, your website copy. Um, so that looks like first we work on defining your brand voice. Um, and then we dive into your website copy and that's, you know, can be anywhere from three pages to however many pages you want your website to be. Uh, and that also can include me writing your uh, a nurture sequence for your email. So a big part of email marketing is uh, being able to get people to trust you and understand and and write those emails that have nothing to do with selling. So I can write some of those for you that that uh, you would automatically get if you signed up for your email list. Um, and same with kind of a lead magnet. So that's all kind of part of my that's part of a larger website package that I have. I can write a website page, copy, lead magnet, copy, nurture sequence. Um, and then you get a brand voice guide with that as well. And, um, I also 
do blogging. So my blogging package has three blogs in it. Um, and you can post those whenever feels right for you, but that all comes in one week. Um, and then if you have copy that you just want different eyes on or kind of a copy edit that can also be done in that week long package. So that would be a one week or less, uh, copy sprint. Perfect. And I will link anything. Yeah. I'll link all of that in the show notes as well. And yeah, I can't recommend working with you enough. I like, I, I feel like I'm a decent writer, but sometimes it's just like, you know what? Like this just really feels like another thing on my to-do list. And it is not something that I always feel like helps me embody my CEO energy. It kind of is one of my mentors was like, anything that takes you out of the penthouse, you maybe should not be doing that. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah. So I should actually let people support me in these things. So it's really great to have that support and to just let myself stay in my zone of genius, which is a lot of the times not writing. So I'll link all of that in the show notes. And thank you so much, Alana, for coming on. This was awesome and super informative too. Hopefully people will find a lot of value in us talking about ethical copywriting and all of those and just being very transparent about the whole thing too, because yeah, we were all there at one point and we get to do better now. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you so much for having me. It was really really fun to talk about all these things. A huge thank you to Alana for coming on this show. It was such a pleasure to talk with her, and I hope that you listening got a lot out of this episode. And this is just something that I've been so interested in lately is I never thought of myself as a good writer, and I was like, well, that's probably negatively impacting my business, and I really, really have been working on my writing skills a lot and improving my relationship with writing, also starting to consider myself as a good writer. Maybe it's not necessarily necessarily in the conventional sense, but because I feel better about my writing, I believe that I'm writing better, and I think I actually am writing better. So hopefully this was helpful for you. Again, huge thank you to Alana for coming on the show. If you would like to connect with her further, head to the link in the show notes, and you can learn more about her, where to find her on Instagram and the interwebs. If you loved this podcast episode, please consider leaving a rating and a review if you haven't done so already. It really, really means so much to me. And just you taking a little bit of time really goes a long ways. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for listening. And I will talk to you next episode. 